welcome everyone to our morning worship service, our homecoming service. We're going to begin this morning with our choir as they sing Rise Again. Drive the nails in my hands, laugh at me, where you stand, go ahead, and say it isn't so, the day will come, when you will see, cause I'll Say I'm dead and gone, but you will see that you were wrong. Go ahead, 
try to hide the sun, but all will see that I'm the one. Cause I'll come again. Ain't no power on earth can keep me back. Yes, I'll come again. Come to take my people back. Cause I'll I will sing of my Redeemer and His wondrous love for me. On the cruel old cross He suffered, from the curse to set me free. Sing, oh sing, of my Redeemer with His love. 
purchase me on the cross he sealed my pardon paid the debt and made me free thank you you can be seated I'm not going to go up there. I'm going to be down here today. But uh, at least during this time, I want to say it's good to see each and every one of you here. Special homecoming for many of you, and especially for me. Do you know that this uh, 24 years ago, this Sunday, I uh, came here. And I stepped up in the pulpit, and this gentleman over here was up there also. And that's Liam Leroy, and he was leading the music. And I tell you what, what a blessing he was for us and especially for me and never forget him. And Tank at that time, he was up in the choir with his wife and so, uh, and children, but uh, uh, some of them, yeah, yeah, little children. But uh, yeah, they've all grown up now, but it's, it's good to have him back. And he is up in, uh, is it South Carolina, North Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina. Outside of Charlotte, he uh, they just started church. They left a he left a large church, him and another minister, and started the church. And I'll let him share a little bit about that in a few moments. And he's brought a special guest with him, and Elena, and uh, her husband Jay is out looking for some strings for her violin. But uh, <laughs> boy, now you want to see her play? You know, it's a 
what's the song that they played at the uh, uh, Stone Mountain all the time? The devil, uh, devil, went devil went down Georgia. She popped it twice playing that one. But no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But she is, she, yeah, she she uh, she may play it for us. But anyway, uh, it's uh, it's good to have her, and it's a delight. And and you be in prayer for both of them. I'm excited about it, and excited to. Uh, hear him and they're going to have a concert after the meal so after the service we'll go downstairs we'll have a prayer before we go down for the food I'm going to let Tank bless it and then we'll go downstairs uh, but I'll let them slip out first so that they can uh, go ahead and start eating because they're going to be coming back up and, and doing a performance for us a concert so I know that you'll want to be a part of that and I'm looking forward to it and you'll get to see a little sneak preview beforehand they're going to do a, a, a special right before a preach and so uh, you um, I know that you'll enjoy that and uh, let me see any uh, anything else? oh yeah uh, anybody that feels uncomfortable if you need a mask we we got mask in the back uh, Stephen uh, will show you or somebody will show you and we'll we'll get you one if you feel uncomfortable uh, sitting uh, real close, we can take some chairs out and space it out even more so. So we want to accommodate you and we want you to feel safe. We want you to enjoy the service and, and uh, worship the Lord and, and really get a blessing from it today. Nothing hindering, nothing standing in the way. So any other announcements before I sit down? Uh, none. Okay, boxes still in the back if you feel led to uh, do the uh, Operation Christmas Child. Okay, I'm going to turn it back over to you, brother. You ready? No prayer? Yeah, I'll pray first. <laughs> Father, I just want to thank you for this day and Lord uh, for the uh, service and for this special time and to see these uh, wonderful faces and the people that have come out to worship you, but also to uh, worship you by way of enjoying a special treat from uh, uh, Lim and Helena. And so we just pray that you'll be with them and empower them in a very special way as only you can to, to bring honor and glory to your name. And as we pray that for the uh, remainder of the service, thank you for Tank and uh, the um, praise team and, and the choir and all that they've done. And Lord, uh, we just pray that you'll just continue to bless our hearts and Prepare us for uh, what you have for us to, to receive today where you'll get the full honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.
service this morning. Let's all stand as we sing, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun. Jesus shall reign
be seated. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back with you. So many familiar faces that I remember. Uh, some I tried to forget. Um, sorry, Stephen. That's not aimed at you. No, love y'all so much and just so appreciative of, of Mike and your leadership having me back. Um, as Mike said, my name is Lynn Leroy. I was the minister of music here from 1996 until 98, I believe. Um, I had a lot more hair back then, I believe. It was just this big, no, I had no hair then, and I have even less now. But, um, but it's, it's been, God has set me uh, into a very neat um, part of ministry here in the past couple of years. He sent me from a mega church to start a new small church, uh, a mission church out of the church I was in for 17 years in Charlotte. Uh, I left here and went to Florida for a few years and then to, to Charlotte and been there. Met my wife, have uh, three little kids. You know, I'm only 30. <coughs> Sorry, I'll repent afterwards. But I have three small children. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about me and my family and introduce Elena to you this afternoon in the concert. So we, we really look forward to it. And this song we're going to do is, uh, is a worship song. It's actually a new modern hymn, if you will combined with a little something that I know that you all remember uh, singing at this church. And I'll teach it to you, and if you recognize it or can learn it, you sing on the chorus, if you would. We will sing your 
return in robes of white the blazing sun shall pierce the night and i will rise among the saints my gaze transfixed on jesus face what a day Liam, do you have another one? I mean, you can play another one if you'd like, man. Okay. Yeah, man. Y'all want to hear another? Yeah, yeah. I want to, first of all, I want to thank Jay for going after those strings. Boy, I tell you what, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, they're not on yet. She did it with just, oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just imagine what it's going to sound like with all of them. Do something a little up tempo. Oh yeah. Is that okay? All right. Is that all right, everybody? Amen. I have you, no you idea what he's planning. You can, yeah, she doesn't know. We both have just uh, we played with each other for so many years that uh, we just kind of go with the flow, as it were. So let me see what if I've got that piece in here. Uh, yeah. 
save my soul? Yeah. Can we do that? That's in G. Ooh, okay. That might be tough. Sing good? <laughs> All right. Then sing a little bit of that. You, my God, have saved my soul. I am yours forevermore. I won't be moved of this, I'm sure. You, my God, have saved my soul.
Y'all that need to leave, you'll leave anyway, so. <laughs> okay, he talked about leaving here and going to Florida. Yeah, you remember Gary Graves that came and did a revival for us one time? That's, he went to his brother's church in, in uh, Ocala, right? I have not spoken to him since then. <laughs> Will not. In love, I love the guy, but I just don't care any more about him. And so, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was glad to see that he did call me before he called, uh, I mean, when he was talking, when he wanted to talk to Lim, and he said, do you mind? And I said, sure. Your house will be blown up. Your car will be destroyed. And he said, uh, well, I'd like to talk to him anyway. And I said, okay, if you're really willing to go that route and uh, the risk, then I'll let you talk with him. But I'm glad to see Lim and, and the ministry that he's had. Okay. Homecoming. What is homecoming? To me, it's kind of like a reunion, right? Where you come back together and you reunite. That's what we're going to be talking about today, and that is out of John chapter 14. Now, we'll be looking at Thessalonians also, but John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Now, why does he say that? Well, we're going to jump back real quick into chapter 13, verse 36. It says, uh, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me later. Now, he probably didn't hear the last part of that. You know how Peter is a lot of times. And so um, Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. Boy, now this really hurts. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a cock shall not crow until you have denied me three times. Whew. Uh, that hurts, doesn't it? Why? Because Peter truly loved the Lord. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. Peter truly loved the Lord. Here we are. What is a homecoming? Well, homecoming is a gathering together of people. Usually, uh, you invite, you see a lot of the uh, old members coming back that have moved away. You see uh, new ones here and all of us getting together and having a great time like today. Worshiping the Lord. It's kind of like a reunion that you go to where you meet with the family. You always look forward to it, didn't you? I mean, getting all the family together. We kids did because we younger ones could go outside while the older ones talked about, you know, the good old days and talked about all that, which I talk about now, you know, the good old days. But, uh, and we went outside and played ball and had a great time, and, and the food was great, and the fellowship was good, and, and we just looked forward to it. So, a lot of the kids that we didn't see, I mean, I had cousins living in Arizona at the time when we had a lot of those reunions, and they'd come back and hadn't seen them in years, and, and it was just neat. It was really neat getting together. It's neat getting together for homecomings like this. Well, we're going to look at a real homecoming. In this passage, there's going to be a great homecoming in the sky for the church. This is for the church, for believers in Jesus Christ during this day and age. So, what is, 
you know, we refer to it as the rapture. I know some of you say, well, rapture's not in the Bible. Well, in clear words, rapture, the word rapture, it may not be, but we see that it is implied throughout. We see the catching away that Paul uses in the Greek means that it is the Latin word where we get rapturo, and it is catching away, that's what it means, and we get our English word rapture from. And so, yes, he does speak about it. So Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus said, I am going to a place where you cannot follow me now. But you shall follow me later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you right now? I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus says, will you? You see, here are, you've got to get this setting here. They are at their last days with Jesus. They are in Jerusalem. And Jesus has made the journey. And here is the climactic event that he's been trying to prepare them for all along. And that is the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. And he has been telling them, matter of fact, as we've been going through Matthew, we know that he clearly, I mean, just came right out and, and, and didn't tell it in parables or anything else, just clearly came out three times and said, I am going to Jerusalem to die, to be buried, and to be raised again. And they, you know, they just couldn't understand this why because they were looking and they were following they were looking for and following a messiah who would deliver them the one who they were looking for they were looking for that had been predicted from the old testament that messiah who would come and deliver them and set up his rule and reign here on earth but they were looking for a deliverer who would come in on that white horse who would deliver them from Rome and the powers of Rome. They did not understand that the kingdom of God, which he had been teaching, you know, back in Sermon on the Mount. What did he teach? About kingdom living. It's different than what they were expecting. And so they didn't truly understand it. Now we say, boy, how did they miss it? Well, they missed it because they were on that side of the cross. We're on this side of the cross, and we've got all the information. Plus, we've got the Holy Spirit to teach us, instruct us. And so we've got the Word of God. They didn't have all of that. And so Peter, you know, goes as far as to say, I'll lay down my life. You know that he didn't get it. And Jesus says, really, Peter? Come on. You're not only not going to lay down your life for me, but you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. So let's look a little bit at the conditions of the disciples here. We need to understand that. Where they are, they don't have all the information that we do. And they're confused, and they're discouraged, and they're fearful. You know, they're troubled. And Jesus picked up on this. He knew that. And, and so, you know, they, they've been going through all of this, and here he is. He's telling them, you know, they've just been announced that, uh, 
around the, the supper table that someone be, would betray him. And they scratch in their heads. What, what does he mean there? What, what's involved there? And then, then here he comes and he says, you know, I'm going to be leaving you. But on top of that, and Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Wow. So they all, you know, they become very worried, very concerned, very fearful about the future. And here they are, giving up everything to follow the Lord. I mean, everything. And he commands them to stop worrying. Now, that's not, you know, try to stop worrying, guys. He says, don't worry. It is command. It's an imperative. Why does he tell them, how does he command them not to worry? I mean, worry, you know, we worry over circumstances that we can control at times, and we worry over circumstances that we cannot control. One reason that it's so hard not to worry and and not be fearful is uh, because a lot of times the threat is so very real or it's very real to us, isn't it? And so how in the world can he justify saying, don't worry? Well, if you look at the context here, the context is very important. The first verse in chapter 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's very important. Believe in God. In the original, it says, believe in God, believe in me. What is he saying? He's saying what he's been telling them all along. He's the son of God, right? He's Messiah. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. This was not some self-therapy type of, um, uh, you know, thing to go through the disciples they were afraid they were uh, fearful they thought Jesus had come to deliver them the way that they wanted them to be delivered or way they've been taught that the, the the Messiah would deliver them and they were thrown off balance now if we'd been there we shouldn't be too critical if we are of them because we would have been too when circumstances get out of our control and future seems to threaten us, what do we do? We begin to worry, don't we? We become fearful. So often we do. We try to talk ourselves not into becoming that fearful and, and afraid but we and troubled, but we do. And Jesus was the one that they had put all their, their dreams and, and their hopes in. And things were about to change, he says. He was going away. But not only that, he was going away and they couldn't go with him. At least not now. I mean, this was their friend. This was their Messiah. This was their hope. He was their future. And he was going away. They would be left friendless. Hopeless, it looks like. Peter reminds Jesus in Matthew 19, 27 that the disciples had forsaken all. Don't you remember, Lord? And so I'm sure that came up in their minds. Hey, you're doing this and we've given up everything. How are we going to recoup this? Disciples, they're fearful. Jesus knows it. 
Peter says, well, why not, Lord? Jesus tells Peter, not only can you not follow me, but soon you're going to deny me, Peter. And this was a guy that loved him greatly. This was a guy that did not want to let him down. You ever let anybody down? Peter didn't want to let Jesus down. He couldn't imagine denying the Lord, much less three times. What are you talking about, Lord? Well, let's look at this command. Stop being fearful. It was, as I said, not a suggestion, but a command. You believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, all these years you have believed in God, have you ever seen him? But you believe in him. You know he's real. Yes. Well, guess what? Believe in me. What am I? The son of God. What do you do? You see me. Believe in me. In the same way that you've been trusting in God, continue to trust in me, even though I tell you that I'm going away. Now, you're not going to see me for a while. I'm going away. But just like you believe in God, believe in me because I'm God. It's much like what Paul told the Thessalonians in, in his first epistle, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Wow. What is Paul telling us? Paul is telling Thessalonians that the return of Jesus Christ is as, as certain as what Jesus has been trying to teach the disciples. That I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to be raised again. It's as certain as that. It's a promise from God. You believe in God? You believe in His words? The, I've been teaching you that from Isaiah and others as he quoted these uh, verses that it's talking about me, the Messiah, coming. You believe that. That's why you're following me. Well, guess what? Just as certain as that is, I am going to return. Paul even said, what I'm telling you is authoritative scripture from God. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. Believe in me for what I have been sharing with you from Scripture. It's about me. You're not to worry. You see, I'm going to the cross as I told you. And I'm going to die for your sins. And I'm going to be buried. But I am going to be raised again. He kept telling him that. And so he says... When this happens, remember that I told you it would happen. Just as it happened, the death and burial and resurrection, just as that happened, you remember, you will later follow me. That's what he's telling them in chapter 13, verse 36 of John. So Jesus tells his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. And then there is the clearing away. The clearing away. Preparing the way. 
In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. Now, what is he talking about here? Well, he first was talking about the crucifixion and resurrection that paved the way for those who believe. He is considered what? In 1 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 15. He's considered the first fruit. Now what does he mean by that? In 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 21, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep, for since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. He's talking about the first fruits of the resurrection. This is an imagery uh, of a, a reference to the initial offerings of the crops to the Lord an anticipation of a bountiful harvest to follow man we're going to follow the Lord and we're going to have a resurrected body and this is going to happen at the great reunion at the homecoming in the sky in Hebrews 2:10 it says for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. The author tells us that it was fitting what God did through Jesus Christ. Why? It was consistent with his character. Why? Because he has promised this. The cross. God solved the problem of sin. Sin kept man alienated from God. But Jesus Christ, through the cross, brought man to God. He who knew no sin, what? Became sin for us. So that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We couldn't come in our own righteousness, but we could come in Christ's righteousness. He lived the perfect life while on earth and became the perfect sacrifice for mankind he became the perfect author of their salvation through sufferings it says perfect author that that author that word there in the original means pioneer leader trailblazer it refers to someone who in, involves others in their endeavor in other words he's trailblazing the way and they're following him Jesus is a trailblazer in first or in John chapter 14 19 it says because I live you shall live also first Corinthians 15 oh death where's your sting oh death where is your victory I am the resurrection and the life in John 11 he told us he who believes in me shall live even if he dies if and everyone who lives, believes in me, shall never die. Jesus has, by way of the cross, paved the way into God's presence for those who believe and trust in him. He has made it possible for us to enter into God's holy presence. Not only has Jesus prepared the entrance for us into heaven, but he's also preparing rooms for us. Debbie, she... 
and my sister and my and her my sister's uh, daughter, niece, my niece, you know, they they love to decorate and they decorate different rooms uh, to fit the different tastes they have. And I tell them, okay, that's my office, that's my room. You you'd better not put all these kind of pretty little flowers and everything else in there. I want it decorated as a library, as an office. And so they do it, and they did it neat. And I've messed it up numerous times, but it still looked pretty good. They, uh, they love to decorate. Well, Jesus says he's preparing us a room in, in his heavenly Father's home just for us. I don't know what all that involves, but he's decorating it up just for us. And we're going to enjoy it. We're going to like it. Heaven is described in many different ways. As a country, emphasizing vastness. As a city, emphasizing its population. anyway, A paradise, a beauty of it, and, and a home, emphasizing the personal intimacy. It's described as a huge home. In other words, it's not just a house sitting out there that's empty that you look at and you see what it could become. It's a home where there's intimacy, there's, there's love, there's togetherness, there's a caring Heavenly Father waiting on us. And Jesus said, the reason that I must go to prepare a place for you is that where I am, there you may be also. So the coming again, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And this is talking about the rapture. In 1 Thessalonians, if you jump over there to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, Paul speaks of this coming again. Why do you say that John chapter 14 is rapture? Well, he says he takes us back to heaven, doesn't he? Now, when he comes again at his second advent, he's coming to earth, isn't he? To set up his kingdom. And so, this is taking us back. This is taking the church back. And uh, Paul describes this. He, uh, he's talking to these that some of them had died, and he had already been teaching them. This is not unbiblical because he had taught these early believers in this church about the return of Christ, about the rapture. And they were a little confused, and they said, well, this event, you know, what about these that have died and, and gone on? What's going to happen to them? I mean, are they going to miss out on this? And so he says he did not want them to be uninformed about those who are asleep, in other words, those who have died and gone on to be with the Lord, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Paul did not want them to be confused about what was going to happen. And the foundation for which we place our faith, which is Jesus Christ, lets us know that we will not, nor will those who have gone on to be with the Lord, miss this great reunion, this great event. The first fruits, He is, of the fruits that come through the harvest, and we will be that. If He comes again today, what will happen? He'll bring back with him those who have gone on to be with him. And guess what? The bodies in the grave will be called up to them and changed instantaneously. 
they will have a glorified body. Guess what else? Those that come with him will have that happen. And then we who are alive and remain, the Bible says that we will be caught up in the air with them. And our bodies will be changed instantaneously also. And we will have a resurrected body. He says, uh, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. In other words, the Lord will come in the clouds, and the shout will be first from his own personal lips. And he, uh, you know, he even said in John 5, 28, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. What a lovely sound that will be. What a strong, authoritative sound that will be to call forth these bodies that have laid asleep here on earth to unite with the soul who, is, who has been with the Lord. And then he says, and then there uh, Jesus said, uh, or Paul, and there will be a voice of an archangel. And the call of an archangel was one either Michael or Gabriel. And uh, the rapture will be a great victory, not only for the believers, but those angels who are coming back with them to see this event. For they rejoice in all that goes on with us who are born again. The church, as they look at us and the victories that we have, they rejoice also. And the trumpet of God will sound. Trumpets were all often used for the assembly of some type. And here the trumpet will sound to announce the arrival of the king. The king is coming. Do you know, Linda, Jackie, Vanessa, I remember just about every homecoming. You remember, Liam? They would come and they would sing what? The king is coming. Well, I want to tell you, the king is coming. Amen? The dead in Christ shall rise first, he says. In other words, those who are with the Lord, their bodies will be united with them. Then there will be the removal. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. And then, as I talked about, the great homecoming, the reunion in the sky. We'll be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. How often will we be with the Lord? always isn't it amazing he said with the lord now other saints will be there but he's the main attraction amen he should be the main attraction in our lives today yes we love one another and we can't wait to see them again but our greatest event will be where we're able to see him and be with him and be with him forever he says, if I go and prepare a place for you in John 14, 3, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a great reunion. Paul tells us in Thessalonians 4, 18, man, we should comfort one another with these words. I mean, don't fade away from it. Be excited about it. The Lord is coming again. And he's coming for his church one day. And guess what? 
He's bringing with him those believers who are with him in heaven. And we're all just going to have a great time. We'll have Lim and Elena over there playing and singing and, and others, you know, uh, Tank and Susan and everybody and, and Vanessa and y'all, y'all get together again and woo, boy, what a great time that's going to be, huh? And all around the Lord will be worshiping him. Are you looking forward to it? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, what a wonderful privilege we have as believers to know that we have this blessing in store for us. And that blessing is to be with you forever. We get a little touch of what glory is like when we hear the music played and sung and when we worship together and when we get to share your word. Oh, God, that is wonderful. But one day, one day, we're going to be with you forever and it will be one day for eternity. For it will be no more time. It will be eternity with you. And we will be able to worship you and, and just enjoy you and enjoy life as it was meant to be. God, thank you for this. We'll know each other, and not only that, but we'll know each other through the eyes that you have placed in us, through that resurrected body, We'll know each other for who we really are or should be. And oh, how glorious that will be. I pray that if there's anyone that doesn't know and doesn't have, doesn't know the Lord and doesn't have this hope, I pray that they will today, that they'll come to know Christ in a personal way. And then for we who are believers in Jesus Christ, may that be what we live for each and every day. For your return. Just going about our life to live its fullness the way that you would have us to live it. And enjoy it the way that you would want us to enjoy it. And to serve you the way that you would want us to serve you. Help us to be that kind of church. In Jesus' name. Amen. God's dealing with your heart in any way. If you'd like to just come and kneel at the altar, you come. As we stand and as we sing.
needs. Well, right now, he's going to lead you downstairs to eat. Amen? And enjoy the meal together. Now, I'm going to let Liam uh, lead the way for y'all. down. You know how to get to the fellowship through that, don't you? Downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just y'all go ahead and, and uh, Tank, I'm going to let you uh, have our blessing. And then uh, we will have the uh, music right after our meal. You go right ahead, brother. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Okay. And then you dismiss us with song. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this day, for what it's meant to us up to this point. Lord, we just want to thank you for this church and all the membership that are here present as well as those that are viewing online. Lord, just pray that you will just guide, guard, and direct us during this coming week and that we'll have opportunities to share what you've done for us. Lord, as we prepare to go downstairs, I want to thank you for this meal. Thank you for the hands that blessed it. Lord, I just pray that you will take this food and that you will use it to nourish our bodies and then use our bodies for your service. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. Pray.